The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother. And treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Age of Darkness. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat. Coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Remembrancer's Retreat, a Warhammer 30k Horus Heresy podcast. My name is Jesse. I'm here today with Jared. What's up, guys? So, this week, uh, haven't been up too much. Work has been crazy, unfortunately. It's that time of season for me, so... This episode's coming a little bit late, however, uh, late enough just in time for a new exemplary battle to show up. This one, uh, this week is the Battle for Callium Gate, which features uh, Emperor's Children and White Scars. Hmm. It's some interesting units we got here. Yeah. Let's see here. I'm going to jack up your volume a little bit there, Jared. Sure, sure. There we go. Cool. So, um, want to get right into it? Yeah, sure. Cool. It's going to be... Let's see what we got here. So, first... Uh, new unit we have is the Emperor's Children's or the Emperor's Children's Sun Killer Squad at 250 points. It is a uh, five model unit with an additional 15 that you can purchase for 40 points each. So pretty big sized unit, but the interesting stuff is it really is, especially considering uh, what goes into this unit. My God. So Base stat lines are uh, Weapon Skill 4, Blissic Skill 5, Strength 4, Toughness 4, 1 Wound, Initiative 4, 1 Attack each, Leadership 8 and 9 for the Sergeant, which is the Novator, Noveator, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, and 3 up save. So your standard uh, Space Marine line minus an extra plus 1 to Ballistic Skill. The uh, They're both Infantry, the Sergeant's a character, obviously. Uh, the war gear, a las cannon by default, bolt pistol, chain sword or combat blade, frag and crack grenades, and power armor. <coughs> Excuse me. The uh, special rules that come with this unit uh, is Lee Jonas Astari's Emperor's Children, precision fire, and fortified position. Uh, dedicated transport for these guys. They may choose a Rhino or Land Raider Proteus if they are numbering 10 models or fewer. And they also mentions obviously different rights of war may affect that. Um, so let's get into the special rules. You want to talk uh, talk about precision fire? So precision fire is just real mean yeah. to uh, gun lines, any sort of static uh, force you've got. Uh, sun killers elevated their use of chosen weaponry to an art form and were able to direct fire with exacting precision. No camouflage nor cover could offer their targets protection from their perfectly timed and unerringly accurate shots. An enemy model that suffers a wound, penetrating hit, or glancing hit inflicted by a shooting attack made by a model with this special rule that has not moved in the preceding movement phase may not take cover saves. That is so, so nasty. (laughs) They could have worded that a little better. The first time reading it, I was like, wait, is it if the shooting model hadn't moved? But it's clearly intended to be you know, the target has not moved. No, no, I read it exactly the opposite way. See, that's, that's what I'm getting. 
Because that, <laughs> and I read, I thought it the read read the same way as you did beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I read it. It says, an enemy model that suffers a wound made by a model with this special rule that has not moved in the preceding movement phase may not take cover saves. And judging by how you got, you got to lean a little bit into what is intended, but mm-hmm. it's basically if the, if these guys, if the emperor's children unit has not moved, their shots are precision shots. Okay. I mean, they just ignore cover at that point. Yeah. And ignoring cover is nasty, especially because the loadout that these guys get, because they're a very special type of unit. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of the, uh, the fluff here. It says the informal cognomen of sun killer was given to the third legion veteran, heavy support squads armed exclusively with heavy energy weapons. These squads would operate far ahead of the battle line and seek out the largest enemy bioforms or war machines so that they and they alone can enact their destruction. In the rare instances that Fulgrim's impeccable warriors opted to make a strategic departure from the field, it fell to the Sun Killers to provide covering fire, compelled not by oath or duty, but out of boastful pride. Arrogance is suspected to be the reason behind the Sun Killers eschewing primitive weapons that fire indiscriminate hails of shot and shell. Instead, more elegant and precise energy weapons are employed to deliver exacting precision and defined kill shots. It is of curious note that surviving rec- records of Sunkiller squads that have failed in their mission or have fallen to enemy are all but unknown. Some believe that all such failures are stricken from the Legion's records by order of Fulgrim himself, leaving nothing to tarnish the flawless honor associated with the title Sunkiller. So you're not going to see these guys with heavy bolters or rotor cannons. All these guys have are las cannons by default, or for free, they can take any of the following. A Volkite Culvern, a plasma cannon or a multi melter. And you can mix and match. It doesn't say the whole unit. Exactly. So you could take five of each if you want. <laughs> if you really want to go crazy with it. And they're for free. Yeah. Granted, they're uh, 40 points a model each, but I'm pretty sure okay. my rough, a heavy, uh, off the top of my head, a heavy support Marine with a LAS cannon or a plasma cannon is already 40 points. So they're the same costs at BS five and they can ignore cover. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Cause they're heavy weapon squads anyway. So for the most part, you're never really going to be uh, moving and shooting with them. Yeah. Anyway. Why would you? Yeah. And, um, the Sergeant, the Noveator can take an augury scanner for five points, melt bombs for five or artificer armor for 10. And for, if for some reason you wanted to, they can exchange their last cannon for either a bolter combi weapon or single lightning call for free. Or a power fist for f- for five points. Uh, the combi weapon might be kind of interesting if you were to give it, like, say, um, a grenade launcher. Although, generally, I'm trying to think of other weapons that could really, really benefit from the, uh, the you know, fake-out covers. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would just take last cannons. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> you're, you're paying so much base cost for the unit. Yeah. For sure. Um, the plasma cannon is pretty sexy, though, too. Yeah. Although I can't remember off the top of my head because I haven't used one in a very while. Is it barrage? No. No, no it's a direct fire. Okay. Yeah. So, again, still pretty handy, especially if you 36 get- inches of, you know, ignoring cover BS5 templates. Yeah. But then you Have got fun. the last cannon at 48 inches. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a Just- no-brainer there. 
Hitting on twos, yeah. instant oh. killing on twos. Oof, just yeah, rude. That is it's, it's a rough squad. And, and, I mean, really, at this point, there's no reason that an Emperor's Children player would take a heavy sports squad. Unless no, you really not. wanted auto cannons for some reason or heavy flamers. Yep. And also, finally, the sergeant can also take a power weapon for 10 points or a charnable blade for five. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, and that's not subbing. You know, he's not losing a heavy weapon by doing that. So he's got a las cannon in one hand and a charnable blade in the other. Should be a very Makes fun model to make. Perfect sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, there's also a second rule, uh, fortified position. Which if you want to, if you want to hit that one up. Uh, sure. uh, such was the formidable destructive power of large squads of sun killers that there and the conspicuous discharge of their signature Ow. weapons. Their presence in battle would rarely go unnoticed, and enemies would rapidly target a known position as a matter of priority. To aid in their resilience against such concentrated attacks, squads would often use the respite offered by deployable defense lines to augment the topography of the battlefield. In games that allow the use of fortifications, an Emperor's Children's Sun Killer squad, Henry... is <laughs> self-narrating reading this book. Uh... <laughs> uh Oh, man. In games that allow the use of fortifications, an Emperor's Children Sun Killer squad that has not selected a dedicated transport may instead select an Aegis defense line without using up a fortification, uh, fortification force organization choice. But the cost in points must be counted towards the army total. The Aegis line may be upgraded with a single item from the obstacles and battlements battlefields list as per the Horus Heresy Aegis rulebook. So, I mean, yeah, they get, you know, access to an Aegis line for, you know, Free. It, yeah, yeah, it's a little weird, but honestly, it, it's kind of neat too. Yeah, it's interesting that they're diversifying. Like this is totally off-brand for the rest of the Emperor's Children list. You know, they're all, you know, melee and you know, fancy. But this is them, you know, being precise but in a shooting. Yeah, and also, if you think about it, this, could be a great way if you take a multiple squads of these guys, a way to get more fortifications down. Yeah, yeah, different age. Yeah, like really fortifying with your side of the battlefield with Aegis defense lines. Yeah. And, you know, take a couple of these guys and run that, uh, the Maru Scara, Mar- Mar- the hidden blade, yeah. right of war. Uh-huh. You got these guys as like the anvil. You've got the outflanking force as the hammer. There's just a good unit. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> a little excessive, but I mean, I, I guess that's kind of the point, but yeah, like, so, Trying to run off the math in my head up to 15 additional. So 400 points for 10, another 200 for the other five. And yeah, you've got, you've got 850 points of Emperor's children guys in one squadron. If you take no upgrades, mm-hmm. which really, why would you take any upgrades at that point? Honestly. No. Why, why would you give your sergeant anything? You've got yeah. 20 heavy weapons that, Ignore cover. Yeah. I, I I don't even see the point of artificer armor on the sergeant. It's like, whoa, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, totally nuts, but pretty cool. And uh, yeah, some of the art for these guys. I really like uh, Andy Hoare's uh, plasma guys there. Yeah, yeah, those are really good. Really digging those. I wish I knew the person who painted the other ones there with the las cannons. I really like uh Yeah. Got a nice Pretty purple great. there. Mm-hmm. 
And that also brings us to <laughs> that also brings us to the other unit. If you want to start that one off, Jared. Oh boy, these are the White Scars Dark Sons of Death Squad. Super edgy here. Uh, they're base at 145 points. Uh, five models to start with: four Dark Sons and one Death's Champion is your uh, your sergeant here. Uh, the war gear is a bolt pistol, chainsword, frag and crack grenades, and rad grenades, power armor, and jump packs. Um, they have uh, base weapon skill 4, but the, the sergeant has weapon skill 5, ballistic skill 4, uh, strength 4, T4, 1 wound, um, 2 attacks base, sergeant has 3, and their base leadership 9, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and special rules, obviously, White Scars, uh, Invocation of the Raising Tempest, <laughs> Counterattack, Storm Seer's Conclave, Ritual of Unmaking. So again, like, another uh, Destroyer Squad. Yeah. For a Legion-specific. niche Destroyer Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you want to do options or you want to do uh, special rules? Well, let me read the, uh, the fluff for these guys, too. It's only yeah. fair. Uh, yeah. In the instances where their enemy had fallen so far from humanity's light, the hope of imperial compliance was lost, or an abhorrent Xeno strain stood before them that could not be permitted to exist, the White Scars would call upon the Karagalanar, I hope I pronounced that right, to bring about the unmaking of their foes. The Dark Sons of Death, a moniker used by those not of Chigorin descent, were deployed as a final Erevec, oh God, Irrevocable measure. Accordingly, unleashing them was a decision that few commanders took lightly. Broadly, the 5th Legion had a respect and reverence for both the life and death of an enemy warrior. The Karogalanar, so, sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right, not only <laughs> sought to destroy the enemy physically, but also through ritual Jagorian rites, spiritually. This connection with total and all-encompassing death caused them to be regarded with unease by the Battle Brothers, and as such, their armor was often marked with wards of banishment and adorned with talismans of purification to avert the spirits of darkness that followed in their passing. So yeah, these guys are uh, are fun to be around at parties. Uh, the Dark Suns may take up to an additional 10 for 20 points each, which would bring that unit up to 15. Uh, any model in a unit may exchange their chain sword for either the, or for one of the following: a charnable saver for five points, or a power glaive for ten points. So again, you can mix and match those if you like. For every five points in the squad, uh, one dark sun may exchange a bolt pistol for either a plasma pistol at fifteen, or a hand flamer at ten points. And for every five models in the squad, one dark sun may take one of the following a plasma gun or melt-a-gun for 15 points each, or a flamer for 10 points each. The entire unit may take melt-a-bombs for, for 25 points for the entire unit. The Death's Champion may exchange their chainsword for one of the following, a power fist or single lightning claw for 5 points, or, I'm sorry, power weapon or single lightning claw for 5 points, and a power fist for 10 uh, the, the Death's Champion may exchange both their Bolt Pistol and Chainsword for a pair of Lightning Claws for 15. And they may exchange their Bolt Pistol for one of the following, a Plasma Pistol Hand Flamer for 15 or 10 points each. Usually they just wrap all those up together. That's know, a, a, a weird. Uh, you know, 
Yeah. It happens. Uh, the, the Death's Champion may also upgrade a Power Armor to Artificer for 10 points. So, mostly uh, mostly standard stuff. The Hand Flamers are fun. I wonder... Yeah, everybody um, taking Power Glaives is uh, spicy. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the Power Glaive... Uh, so, it's got... It, I'm, I might be missing this from the, the FAQ, but it's got two... Um, two profiles. It's got the, the single-handed and the like two-handed profile uh-huh. um, with single-handed. It's basically just power sword, but double-handed, it swings at initiative AP2. Mm. That Strength, is handy. I want to say plus one. That sounds right, but I'm not sure if I'm getting those mixed up with the uh, the Phoenix Spears. Yeah. But most of them, I mean, uh, the Glaives, the Spears, they usually get a bonus to their strength on a charge. Yeah. Um, the Glaives get a bonus on the charge, or I'm sorry, the Power Spears get a bonus on the charge, the glaives are just what they are. Gotcha. Okay. But um, also with these guys, with the hand flamers, you know, upgrading them to Toxaferno. Mm-hmm. Always a fun time. Yeah, yeah. So these uh, these three rules here. Um, let's, let's dig into these real quick. Yeah. Uh, Stormseer's Conclave. Set apart from the brotherhoods that form the organizational structure of the Fifth Legion, the Carol Ganlaw Agandalar fought in battle under the direct command of a Stormseer, an individual, individual responsible for unleashing the Dark Sons of Death only with the approval of the Great Khan himself. <laughs> a Dark Sons of Death squad may be taken as a retinue for any librarian with a jump pack and the Legion of Stardust White Scars. Special rule. So It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like it gives them anything special. I mean, retinue, I guess that would imply it doesn't take up a force org slot. That is true. Uh, typically, um, that is correct. It could probably use a little bit more elaborating, but I, that's what I would, yeah, that's I, what I would, I would read it as. Back in, but I'm pretty sure you're correct with that. And it also, um, you know, not too often do you have, well, I mean, I guess you could always put a command squad with a centurion, but yeah. again, this doesn't take up a, a slot. Um, but it's interesting, you know, think about what would be good psychic powers to run with these guys. Yeah. Um, you know, telepathy seems like a fun choice. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, psychic screeching units and then charging them seems fun. Yeah, always a solid combo. And it should be pointed out. Yeah. It's a, a librarian with a jump pack. Yeah. It has to be with a jump pack. So you guys you know, are just Nancy's also pretty solid. Mm hmm. I don't know. I think you really can't go wrong. Um, I don't. I don't see the point of like divination, but you know. Yeah, and plus with uh, these guys being retinue, does that make them chosen? I, I'd have to look back. But. Yeah, yeah. Because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I want to say no, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I think now I think about. It, I think chosen is its own separate uh, rule. Yeah, but uh, moving on, we have the invocation of the raising tempest. The warriors of the Karagalanar would perform ritual libations to align their energies and focus their desire to annihilate their enemies, allowing them to exceed even the bounds of the transhuman physiologies they possessed for a short period of violent fury. Ritual libations. Does that mean they just chug a couple beers and go, Forticon? Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what that means. Pretty sure. I mean, that sounds like a pretty rad time to me. Shotgun oh. 
you know, a beer right before, you know, <laughs> just smash the beer, swooping into, smash the beer can on their helmet right before they go the out mid jump pack move. So it's gotta be like right then. Hell yeah. Truly the future that we all need and deserve. <laughs> it, yeah, it's definitely the one we deserve. Uh, once per game at the start of the white scars player, white scar players turn. And before the start of the movement phase, the white scar player may declare they are activating the invocation of the raising tempest for the duration of that player turn. A unit made up of models with the special rule and any librarian that has joined them may gain the fleet and rage special rules. So that's great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Those glaives are getting better and better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, your basic guys, it's four attacks on the charge at AP two. That's, that's good times. And yep. what they're going to be hitting at strength five and your basic enemies are going to be T three because those rag grenades. So. Oh my God. You're right. Yeah. Oh, that's so gross. That's, that's fun. And, oh, white scars FAQ when they charge their re-rolling ones. Oh, is that right? I want to say, hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure, but don't like totally quote me on that. We're all with half truths today. I don't know. Maybe yeah, just approximate knowledge of the FAQ today. I mean, don't, don't believe everything you hear on the internet. Yeah. I'm looking, unless there was a separate, uh, FAQ. That's not in this one. I don't see an FAQ for the white scars. But that doesn't mean anything. I could definitely be looking in the wrong spot. I'm. I got books. It goes up to book seven. But let me see. I, I would bet a six pack that uh that it is what I what I thought it was. Let's see. Because they got a pretty significant nerf from. It might just be in book seven eight. Yeah, checking right now. Do 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 do. FQs. Nine. I have to be in this one. Let me see. Let me see if I can't find. Nope. No white scars in the FAQ. It might be in the actual book. I, I think it's in. Yeah, I think it's in the actual book. But mm-hmm. whatever, man. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So and then there's the final one. Uh, ritual of unmaking. <clears throat> so we have the chilling rituals performed over fallen. Enemies by the Karagalanar, Karagalanar are believed to ensure a complete death and unmaking of one's existence. To witness them enacted strikes fear into the core of the foes, draining will, draining their will to fight. When a unit made up of models with this special rule is called upon to make a sweeping advance, they may choose to automatically fail that sweeping advance roll. If they choose to fail the sweeping advance roll, all enemy units with at least one model within six inches of a model from the winning unit with this special rule, after any consolidation moves are made, must take a leadership test. If the test is failed, the enemy suffers a penalty of minus one to their weapon skill until the end of their controlling player's next turn. This is a bit I underwhelming like, to me. Yeah, yeah this sucks. This, <laughs> this, this is a bit underwhelming garbage. to me. It doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you just sweep them? I wouldn't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, I'm never on. going to pass up an opportunity to try and sweep the enemy. There's no downside. Annihilate the unit, or maybe, probably not, but maybe, <laughs> you know, reduce their weapon skill by one. Ha ha! 
Yeah, I oof, no. I, yeah, mm. it's garbage. Yeah, I, mm. I. I don't. I don't see a single <laughs> instance where that's good. Yeah. Again, we don't know what's up coming up next. Maybe there's going to be a decent reason to you know do this. In this the could future. be devastating in the next Maybe. next edition. But I right now, it, but. I. Mm, no. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna sweep every time. I'm gonna sweep every yeah. time. I'm just gonna run you over. Now, that's, if it that's... was an automatic minus one to weapon skill, that's a little bit better. But still, you're not, you know, I'm, that's not much better. No, no. I mean, it hits every unit around them. But how many units do you have around you within six inches? Mm, I don't know. It'd be I'm cool, not... like I don't know if you were like if they did it like. If you were locked in combat and you had the option of like, hey, I'm going to do this thing and that'll reduce your weapon skill by one. Yeah. You know, I could see that. Or just, you know, make it a. I'm sure librarians can cast fear, right? Uh, in some way or another. I don't, yeah. I don't mess with, uh, I don't mess with psychic powers too often. So I couldn't not tell you at all. <laughs> of course you're not. I need to dip my uh. toes into it a little bit. Uh, that being said, um, overall, still a cool unit. I mean, still a cool unit. 145 points. Um, you know, if you give them all power glaives, that goes up. You know, to almost 200 points for a five-man squad. So it's still a little pricey. Um, that being said, uh, you know, you could probably skip. You know, if you're running, I would run these guys as like 10 at least. Yeah. Plus, you know. also the uh, I need to remember what the white scar special rules are too. Because there might be some nice combos there that I'm not seeing. Yeah, I would. I would at least skip like the first two or three guys, giving them special anything, just because mm-hmm. they're gonna eat a bolt round. Yeah. But you, you, you know, know, they're the expendable ones, and then yeah, you know, get get everybody else with the the glaives into combat. Yeah, but um, you know, you can give your uh, sergeant a hand flamer, and then one other guy a hand flamer as well. You know, if you're doing a basic, and then, you know, drop them somewhere with their jet packs and then, you know, go to town with hand flamers. Yeah, Toxiferno yeah. hand flamers, if you can. Pretty sure you can. See, that's good times. Mm-hmm. Um, I like their uh, the color scheme of the one they showed us. Just bright yeah, red. Yeah, that's really like very interesting. Very angel-esque mm, at first, That's what I but, thought they were at first. I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, but they got some uh, cool runes on them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a nice, unique color scheme so definitely and um so with that being said the uh there's the mission assault on void dock theta three and they have it's um you know hammer and anvil you know short edges going in along mm-hmm. a deployment where basically uh the white scars are coming in to just thrash a fortified emperor's children position which i think is kind of cool i like little mm-hmm. narratives like that where yeah, there is truly you know one side has to defend. Yeah, um, Which, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't I don't see a whole lot of white scars players making it across the board with a uh, a bunch of sun killers holding a defensive position. Yeah, I'm, dear God, we say get them all like uh, bikes and speeders and just kind of try to overwhelm them, but it's not like you're going to be able to jink. And Jink is a, a yeah, it's Jink is a cover save, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Yeah, depending yeah, depend on what point value you guys are playing, are you going to play this at? It could be extremely nasty. Seriously, because quite honestly, yeah, with fortified positions and Aegis defense lines for free. Ooh. So for the so for also for this uh, game, there's a thing called emplacements, which I think are kind of cool, and I wouldn't mind trying to utilize some of these in a yeah, own custom that. games. So. I'm going through fairly quick in this, so bear with me. Uh, definitely check it out if you get a chance. Um, yeah, so they re- oh, so they recommend uh, twenty five to three thousand points for this game, which I feel sorry for the white scar player. I'm not gonna lie. Seriously, bro, <laughs> that's a lot of heavy support. You're, you're got like three guys making it through that gate. That's uh, a lot of damage, uh, as they say. Um, for deployment, uh, the emperor's children player must first select any short board edges their own. Uh, they then deploy four emplacements. Then they must uh, deploy the remainder of their army within their deployment zone minus any they choose to place in reserves. Reserve. And then may deploy units using the four deployment special rule. And then the White Scar army must place their entire army minus reserves and place it on a short edge directly opposite. Roll up to see who goes first. Um, in case of a tie, White Scar player goes first. Uh, the White Scar player wins if at the end of any turn, both the following conditions are met, that all emplacements have been wrecked, destroyed, or occupied by a unit under White Scar player control, and no uh, no units under the control of the Emperor's Children player that are not falling back or pinned are present in the Emperor's Children player's deployment zone. Whew, okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's a rough one. Oh man, just, just a straight up route out, and that's that's yeah. interesting. And I mean, as as much, I don't want to say hate, but just yeah, this is. But honestly, this the white is get no love, man. This this is a very good challenge. This is yeah. going to be the question of the week. You know what? What would you take with your with a white scars army to take on a fully embedded emperor's children army? We'll say we'll say three thousand points. Mm-hmm. That maximizes the use of Sun Killer squads. Go full fluff, do dreadnoughts, guys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, really. You know, my first thought was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take some dreadnoughts or artillery. Uh, white scars. Then white scars love artillery. Yeah, but uh, I, uh, back to the uh, emplacements, which are the four yeah. that you uh, put into this uh, onto the deployment zone for the Emperor's children. Uh, it is a fortification. It is, counts as a small building with an armor value of 14 and has battlements. Uh, it also has an emplaced twin-linked heavy bolter and has enlarged fire <laughs> enlarged fire points, fully automated, and a protective aegis. There's one access point and one fire point. So the enlarged fire points, uh, up to five occupying models can fire out of each of this building's fire points. So, mm, yeah, get that full brunt of a uh, five-man squad of whatever mm-hmm. they're carrying. And um, you can put models on the battlements, too. True. This is true. So, and, I mean, this is basically a bunker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Without some of the options. Let's say put multi-melted guys in the forward... Uh, Emplacements, yeah, glass yeah. cannons in the back, Ugh. and worse, the the protective aegis 
that any when targeted by a shooting attack made by an enemy unit that is 36 inches away or more, an emplacement with a protective Aegis gains a 5-up invulnerable save against damage inflicted that by a shooting attack. Screw off, please. <laughs> Especially when you're playing a hammer and anvil on the short ends. Uh, Boy, that's rough. I should also... Oh, I skipped a fully automated, which... Um, Emplaced weapons on an emplacement can only fire using the automated fire rule. Models occupying an emplacement cannot use the manual fire rule to fire any of its emplaced weapons. Okay. So, yeah, it, it automatically fires its twin-linked heavy bolter. Let's say it's BS2? It is 2. Yeah, and it's twin-linked, so, eh. But there's also a designer's note that is recommended that the models used to represent emplacements do not exceed a four inch by four inch in size and feature a single firing point on the front back left and right facing. But yeah, that that's a fun, and I like little fun things like this. Yeah. Yeah. Something unique, something fun you can like just pick up and use somewhere else. And if you're the white scars player who wins in this, you have perpetual bragging rights. Yeah. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the emplacements also, you know, just, I'm kind of just kind of like dragging through this uh, mission here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the four emplacements cannot be deployed within six inches of each other or the board edge. And they must, uh, may only deploy heavy support uh, force organization chart units in an emplacement. Then yeah, there's so- also... Uh, the forward deployment, where Empress Children may deploy up to two units selected as fast attack anywhere within 12 inches of an emplacement, including outside the normal deployment zone. And units deployed outside the normal deployment zone may not use scout or infiltrate rules during deployment. <sighs> so yeah, uh, White Scars definitely have a uh, uphill battle here. Mm-hmm. Also, the White Scars player has to stand on one foot for the entire game <laughs> but you break uh, ties with the uh, the roll off oh yeah okay <laughs> that's a rough 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 scenario seriously man it's all about Ugh. speed like no wonder all your good characters die <laughs> is a jinx save a cover save or am i just going crazy i'm pretty sure it is no, it totally is ah. yeah. unless they changed i don't know if they changed it or not but yeah that's that's a four up cover save man <laughs> Yeah, I was afraid you'd say that. <laughs> and it's not like the guy in the emplacement's going anywhere. Nope. But yeah. So yeah, two more units. I yeah. haven't been keeping track of who's left to go. Uh, uh, Space Wolves. Dark Angels? Uh, Dark Angels got one last time. They have a special okay. uh, Cenobite unit. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, Alpha Legion? Raven Guard? Salamanders? Uh, the Alpha Legion. Well, no, the Alpha Legion didn't get one. They were featured in one against the uh, the Imperial the Fists, fists yeah. but they didn't, actually, they didn't actually get a unit. So. Yeah, they don't, they don't deserve one anyways. It's fine. I mean, they got every um, other unit in the game, so. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, These are all Alpha Legion units at this point. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. Salamanders. Iron yeah. Hands. I haven't been a lot of Salamanders love lately. No. Uh, Sons of Horus. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they got one yet. 
The word bearers didn't get one. Mm-mm. No, we got we got a lot of candidates to. Uh, yeah, there's still plenty to go. Iron hands. Yeah, the iron hands. Yep. Thousand so sons, really? It's just yeah, it's true. So let's see, one, two. Let's see, I'm counting through. Keep cranking these out for another three or four months. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> one, They're going to announce it this weekend at Adepticon. It's happening, people. Ah, is it this weekend or next weekend? I thought it was this weekend. I hope it is. Well, I'm I mean, pretty sure in the middle of the week, usually, because it starts on Wednesday or something. Does it? Maybe. Two, three, four, five, six. Did the Death Guard get one? I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, they did. They did. It's like a destroyer variant or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like six or seven, I think, here. I am way too tired tired to count this right now. <laughs> uh, Adepticon, March 23rd through 22nd, or through 27th. See. Oh, my God. It's already halfway through March. I know. I know. <laughs> it was March 1st yesterday. Yeah. God. All right. Anyway, question. Time flies when you work every day. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Question of the episode. I don't have a theme song for it. I'll come up with one one day. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, great. Now we're going to get sued. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So the question was twofold. Who should have been selected as War Master to truly defend the Imperium? And who should have been selected as War Master to truly destroy the Imperium? Now, granted... Um, a few answers here that I realized, oh yeah, we didn't ask uh, which Primark. <laughs> uh, NY Mark on Instagram says Andromeda 17 and also Andromeda 17. <laughs> uh, Void Imperatrix says uh, Gilliman for the good war master. Boring, I know, but that's the idea. He's this multitasking super bureaucrat and provided he doesn't develop some major ambitions, he should stay loyal. Provided... <laughs> He doesn't develop some major ambitions. Well, there's your problem right there. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm literally Julius Caesar's himself. <laughs> <laughs> ah, God damn it. There I go again. Uh, for the war master that'll destroy the Imperium, it's got to be the lion. His pragmatism and ruthlessness would prevent him from making most of Horus' mistakes, and he's got access to some of the most dangerously effective weapons in the galaxy. Got a point. We got some nasty shit. Yeah. Oops, all AI. <laughs> we dropped the oh. AI on Terra. My bad. <laughs> oh. He's kind of sleepy. So he's gotcha. <laughs> so, oh. He's k- oh, buddy. It's okay. It's I know. Okay. We all want to cry, Henry. It's all good. It's all right. Um, Ashley Beth uh, Elizabeth Ashley Elizabeth Davis says Taylor Swift her musical talents make her a strong and passionate leader. No, <laughs> oh. uh, I, I got to sign off. Okay, uh, all right, it's okay. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna do this solo. All right, buddy. All right. Sorry, everybody. You're good. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, um, Tizka Talent says, I'm a bit biased, but I think Magnus is only the, is the only one who could have done the deed instead of Horus. Had he not been beaten and shattered into Horcruxes by Russ, he'd been a glorious champion of chaos. And to be fair, he kind of already was, balls deep in warp fuckery and whatnot. Imagine if he embraced the gifts of the gods instead of rejecting them. 
Uh, plus, by simply making a simple phone call to Big E, he kept himself busy for the better part of the heresy. Plus, he was friends with many of the key Primarchs needed, not at least of all, Perturabo. The easy answer on who'd never let the heresy happen would be Sanguinius. That's the on Facebook we have. Boop, there we go. Uh, Chris Mack mentions, Gilliman as Warmaster would have been the correct choice by the Emperor, largely because he is the best at logistics and truly uh, believed wholeheartedly in the Imperial truth. He truly believes that he is building a better galaxy for humanity, and that belief is spread to every Marine in his legion. The heretic Warmaster to get the traitors sitting on the throne would be Sanguinius. He could recruit the better legions to not have a side populated exclusively by broken toys. Plus, Daemonic Sanguinius would be an amazing model. I agree with that. That would be pretty, pretty wild. And who knows what we're going to see, you know, come in the rest of the Siege of Terra books. I mean, it ain't over yet. And who knows what kind of weird twists and turns they're going to have. We've heard a little bit of rumors, but we'll see what happens. No. Alex Self says, Gilliman and Horus are the only two who had the competency to have taken the Warmaster run all the way to the finish line. However, we've seen Horus lament how poor his side was. With tools that poor, no one could have won. They could only have inflicted the same 10,000 years of suffering at best. Now, if you truly wanted to ensure the Imperium was safe from the horrors of war, make Russ Warmaster. He isn't competent enough to complete on a he isn't competent enough to compete on a galactic scale and doesn't have enough friends to fight by his side. Peace and unity for all mankind. I hear Austin crying in the distance, but that's pretty good. Uh, Nick Baynard says to defend the Imperium, Gilliman. While not as charismatic as Horus, he's strategic he's a strategic mastermind that, even during the heresy, managed to organize the founding of a second Imperium in an act of desperation when he thought Terra was lost. Also, he's too pragmatic to be coerced by chaos. And to truly destroy the Imperium, Sanguinius. He's already proven that he's susceptible to the bread thirst and would make a towering blood-bathed champion of corn. He's inspiring, trusted by his brothers, and a warrior without peer. He would be the crimson blade that would cut the heart out of the Imperium. As the Red Angel, I believe he would not hesitate to slaughter all in his path, including the Emperor. Tristan Hoare says, To defend or destroy, it was the only one Horace knew was his true better, Sanguinius. Wrapping this one up a little bit early, but I want to thank everybody for uh, their answers on the podcast questionnaire. Uh, these are a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, this week, I'm definitely... I'm really curious to hear uh, what, at 3,000 points, what army would you take as a White Scar player against against the Emperor's children in this latest exemplary battle? I'm really curious to see what you guys use. And yeah, these guys, the Emperor's children player is going to use a lot of heavy support squad guys. So I'm really curious, what would you use? And once again, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Remembrancers Retreat. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RR30K Podcast. You can go over to RR30K.com. It's our website. And if you'd like to support us, go over to Patreon.com forward slash RR30K Podcast. And as always, every episode, we'd like to thank all of our patrons, starting with our Legion Praetors, Alex Self, Chap Lanisar, Chris Mack, Jacob Dillon, Gardner.Tree of Woe, Joe from Music City Heresy, Luke Rizzuto, Matthew Boyce, Michael Tisdall, Mr. Baldwick, Nick Quanga, Rena the Floof, 
Sar Luther, Taco Tuesday or Bus 22 Rock and Roll McDonald's, and What's Ligma? Our Legion Centurions, Aaron Maynard, Andrew N., Dave Jones, Duncan, Ed, John Christensen, M. Tanzer, Gore Crow, Nick Hulda, Richard Bork, Scott LeMay, Void Emperatrix, and finally our Legion Sergeants, Agrippina, Emily O'Hare, Garrett Lowe, Jay DeSales, Jay Grammaticus, Carl, Nick Gillen, and the Zoy. Once again, thank you all so much for your support. We greatly appreciate it. And that's it for tonight, guys. I appreciate you all uh, hanging in there. Until next time, keep those dice rolling, and bye for now. <laughs>